Y'all gonna learn a little more about that right now. Um, I'd like to bring up Natasha Martinez. She is a TV host and digital personality for Complex Networks, and she's gonna be moderating uh, this keynote. Give a round of applause, Natasha. Match. I'll take the yellow so it matches my outfit. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? Or tonight, today, whatever. We can blend it both. I'm sure you guys have a long day ahead of you, so by the end of the day, your day will just be a blur. But as you can see, Alan Maldonado, he is everywhere. So without further ado, he needs no introduction after those two reels. Alan Maldonado, please welcome him to the stage. I'll take this side. That's your side? Yeah. All right, that's your good side. That's your good side. You How's know. everybody doing today? All right, all right. It's a little early, I guess. <laughs> a little early. All right, so yeah. getting right into it, mm -hmm. um, we just saw your reel for Everybody Digital. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've described that as the Netflix for short films. Yeah. So I want to ask you, if you were to have a short film describe mm -hmm. the story of your life, what would it be titled Ooh. and what would the storyline be Ooh. like? What would it be titled? Um, confusion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> confusion and uh, triumph, I guess. Um, and what was the other part of it? What would the storyline be? What would the storyline be? Let's get some synopsis. Oh, man. This overcoming uh, astronomical odds um, being that that's my life, man. I come from the projects, come from a place of um, uh, no opportunity. <laughs> and... Um, and everybody around me seemed to have fall or would fall into you know gang banging and, and drug dealing and and I you know somehow found a way to uh, become a writer and actor out of it I guess um, so uh, to be able to survive those and I was hit by a drunk driver almost died twice and various other stories that I can I can go down um, really you know it really tells that uh, kind of just overcoming odds absolutely and we'll get more into your story yeah yeah. yeah. Um, um, but bonus question, what okay. actor would you like to play you? Oh, man, I just think, you know, uh, I think The Rock, he's a little, you know, he's a little small. <laughs> he's a little small. He's a little, he's a little out small. Of shape, out of shape, but um, I think that'll work. He's got to get to your level. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. funny. Yeah. Now, okay, you've talked about just overcoming, you know, near-death experiences and, of yeah. course, adversities in your yeah. career. Yeah. Um, and I think when we talk about success, it's easy to sort of, see the big picture because now we're in that big picture. Right. But a lot of the times the journey there is step by step, brick by brick. Mm -hmm. So can you take us to your early career and maybe share with us, was there yeah. something that you used to do every day that would help you solidify your craft or did you sort of let things come to you? Aside from praying very, very hard. <laughs> but um, I guess early on, uh, I grew up in Rialto, California. I'm pretty sure IE knows. We have an IE Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, it's about an hour outside of Los Angeles. Um, and there uh, I was, uh, I fell in love with acting in my senior year in high school. Um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life, but I knew I wanted to figure out a way to, you know, help my family. Uh, I knew business was a part of it uh, just because I was around uh, hustlers all my life. Uh, 
So I kind of learned. Uh, I learned a lot of business from drug dealers. Uh, <laughs> Always find the silver lining. Very, which is, you know what? Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let me just explain. Let me let's talk about yeah, it. We'll get let's real. talk about it because it's not really even drug dealers no more because weed is is about to be legal in like all these weed shops. Like this, this, this I need to stop saying that. Um, Take away that stigma. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. They was before their time. They was before their time. Damn it. Um, so I learned business from these individuals with these uh, weed shops. Um, <laughs> and, but uh, it was in Rialto that I fell in love with acting. And um, I said, you know what? This is something that I, I think that I'm naturally gifted at. I was a basketball player. As you see, I, am, I know I'm ball player size. But um, basketball wasn't my, my, my destiny. It wasn't really for me um, to go to the NBA, that is. But... Um, so acting became like okay, this is this is my thing, and uh, I started to venture off to Los Angeles uh, in Rialto again, is an hour away. So I would have to take two trains. Oh wow! I know that the MetroLink and the Red Line. She know what yep. I'm talking about. Um, and ride a bike just to get to acting class. This is before any jobs. This is and I was working two jobs in college. Um, and I remember pushing myself to the point where I got sick. Like, I got sick. Like, I, I remember that I was working at Burlington Co. Factory uh, Friday through Sundays. I uh, know, uh, Monday through Friday. And then um, Denny's. I worked at Denny's Graveyard Shift uh, Fridays through Mondays. And I went to college in between all of that. And... Um, I was at Denny's one graveyard shit, and I was like shaking. And my man is like, "Yo, you need to go home. You need to go home." I'm like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> Laying in the booth, like, "No, nah, I'm a fine. I got it. I'm just resting." Like, yeah, you're like, "Yo, go home. Go home." So I remember, uh, I remember one day. It wasn't that day. It was another day. I was on my break, and I, I literally uh, went to my car. I had, a, I had a Kia Sophia. You know what I'm saying? 97, it was my jam. Um, and I sat on the, in the back of the trunk and on the, in the windshield, and I just started praying. I was like, look, God, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm doing everything in my power, I'm, you know, to the point where I'm, you know, getting sick. I was like, I just, I don't know what else to do. Like, I'm going to school, I'm going to acting classes, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, two weeks later, I booked Young and the Restless. Um... And I immediately quit my job. (laughs) Peace out, Denny's. I literally was like, I went in for the audition and um, I had had to work that night. And I said, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not coming back. I said, said, I'm not coming back. I'm making sure I ain't coming back. And um, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. But that was, you know, as far as the early state, that was my first big break. Um, which goes into I mentioned a story I mentioned earlier is that like I thought you know you got your young and the rest of you is which is like the acting Olympics that's a that's another story as well but I was like oh I made it I made it I get my money I quit my job I'm like oh it's on it's going down um, and uh, six well seven months into uh, me doing the young and the rest is I was um, I was hit by a drunk driver I was hit by a drunk driver walking. Walking, I, he was going 65 miles per hour in a BMW Roadster. I uh, flew in the air, landed on my face. Um, my right leg was broke. My spine was curved. Uh, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, but to kind of fast forward to that, uh, uh, I uh, when the last stitch fell out of my mouth, um, 
my testimony to God is that uh, I booked three TV shows in one week. Yeah. So. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of faith, <laughs> a lot of faith, a lot of determination, and uh, I always say that this game is a, is a marathon. Um, being that I've been in this business for some for some time now, and uh, it's you know success comes to those that never quit. You know, you have to meet up with your blessings, and how fast you meet up with them is according to your work ethic. Um, like that pew right there is going to stay there as long as I stay here. But if I step closer, it comes closer to me. So, uh, with that being said, when you when I've you know when you have these near death experiences, you see life in a different way. Like it's the the grass is greener, the sky is bluer. Like all that's that's real. Like like, like that's that's totally real. So, but what uh, I've taken from that is that you know tomorrow isn't promised, and with that, I want to meet all of my as many blessings as I can. So I work diligently every day to, you know, put my effort towards making that blessing come closer to me. So, yeah. Amazing. Amazing testimony. Thank you. Um, now, I mean, I don't think the average person has the work ethic that you do and that drive. Um, so especially with your background. So that being said, I'm sure your family and your upbringing had a lot to do with your diligence and your perseverance. So can we get into sort of your background? You're half black, half Puerto Rican. Yeah. What was it like growing up for you in, as, uh, in terms of culture? Oh, man. Um, well, I guess uh, where the drive and everything comes from, uh, I always put that on Harlem. Harlem, Harlem, Harlem. Even though I'm from Rialto, California, my father's from Harlem. And Wagner Projects, anybody know what that is? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Y'all want to expose yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got one woo. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. But yeah, Wagner Projects, um, I would come out here. Uh, pretty much every summer, every other summer, um, and you know, and be a part of the culture. And I was just my father's Puerto Rican, so all of my my crazy Puerto Rican cousins out here, we used to run around in these streets, uh, Harlem, doing God knows. Well, I just was telling the story the other day. Anybody that's all the OGs out here know about Latin quarters. In Latin quarters, you know about LQs, you know about it. Yeah, I remember uh, getting my fake ID, Times Square. I was 15. I was in LQs, and this it was. I was it. I was so nervous because I was in there with an illegal uh, ID, oh my and my crazy cousin was like, "Yeah, since you in New York, like these, these they gonna try to test you. So put a knife in your boot." I said, <laughs> "What the fuck are you talking about? What's I'm already on? illegal already. I'm not even supposed to be in there. I got a weapon, so I'm literally in the club." Great with a knife, advice. yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great family, great family advice. advice, great family <laughs> advice, great family advice. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but as far as <laughs> just just hustling and just a different speed, you know, being in and being in California, it's it's a little slower. It's definitely a lot. It's a lot slower than than New York. And being able to have both of that, you know, getting that energy where I would come out here and I would see a dude literally like selling something out of a hole in the wall. Like literally, it was a it was a hole in the in the wall. And dude was selling like socks and belts out of the joint, like like that's what I saw. So when I went back to California, I, that 
inspired me to work at another level. And again, I I, I was around a lot of uh, weed dispensers in the early nineties. Uh, that, that that hey, um, you gotta you know, learn something. That educated me. Right? That educated me about <laughs> hustling and working hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, now you mentioned that your dad was Puerto Rican, yeah. um, but I've also read that you your family is full of women. Is that ten, right? Ten um. women, three generations <laughs> to be exact. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I was the only boy in my family, only man in my family, literally. My father passed when I was young, so uh, it was me, my mother, my two sisters, uh, and then they decided to have five women as well. Um, <laughs> they decided. They decided. They decided. <laughs> they decided. Finally, I had my one one uh, nephew, but um, it was it was me, man. It was it was. Um, it was interesting being the most consistent male in three generations of women's lives. You know, my mother's father wasn't there. My sister's fathers weren't there. My nieces, it's, it's yeah, it's, it, they, they weren't there. So I literally have taken on all of these different roles in every, like, you know, from father, you know, sometimes I got to be a father to my mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Same through my sisters, brothers, uncles, you know, uh, all of these things through, you know, again, three generations. Like, I had the way I deal with my mother is totally different than I deal with my sisters and Absolutely. the way I deal with, you know, uh, my nieces just because of their point of view in life, you know, just because. So yeah, so different. So different. So uh, that is another reason I work extremely hard. Uh, as 50 would say, get the strap. Um, <laughs> because it's a lot of women and I have to, you know, I'm in, I'm always in protector mode and, and being able to take care of them and help them fulfill their dreams. But I'm curious, what was having so many women in your life? How did that affect your art? Did they influence you in any way? You know, being surrounded uh, by strong black women and strong Latinas? Uh, of course, of course. Um, Never to date. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but no. My family has no. also taught me that. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah, I learned. I mean, it, to be totally honest, like my mother taught me how to be a man. Like everything that I am is from these women in my life. Um, and like to eat, get even deeper, like to get even deeper is a sense of like growing up, I only saw women handle business. All right, ladies. Is that is that is that like I only saw women handle business. Like it was very interesting for for me to see a man handle business. I was like, can he can he do that? <laughs> like like I don't know if I trust that. Let me, let me have you do that. No no seriously seriously as a psychological as a kid when you that's all you see handle a person handling business you you kind of you know you get um you get a uh, I guess what is that uh, again not suspicious but. You just get a little leery when you're like, can he? So that was definitely something that I had to, you know, look at myself <laughs> and kind of be like, oh, no, I can't handle business. And, uh, you know, at the age of 13 is really when I began to, like, really, like, this is my family and this is, I'm I'm the man now. Which often had a lot of fights to do that. I had to fight. I had to fight to be the man of the family. It's tough um, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing that I learned. I ain't going to give you nothing. Um, you got you to gotta earn it. You got to earn it. So No, but that's great because 
all of this background, you know, your struggle in your early career and yeah. being surrounded by strong women who have taught you so much about business yeah. and, you know, playing different characters of all the roles that you've yeah. played. Yeah. Um, I would say you're very culturally well-rounded. Appreciate it. And Appreciate so uh, I read a quote from you that I thought was so interesting and I identified with. Mm-hmm. You said that oftentimes in casting, mm-hmm. um, you would be told you're not black enough mm-hmm. and you're not Latin enough. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought, well, how can somebody not be enough? Because it's literally your DNA. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... Do you feel like you have overcome that at this point in your career, or do you still see the struggle for studios to be confident in sharing and creating these authentic, blended stories? I, I, I guess the answer to that, I feel I've be, I become, I become more than that. I've become, I become, I become more than my ethnicity. Which uh, is amazing. That's the being, goal. That's the goal. Being that they can never take that away from me. Nobody, nobody in the room. Like even, like I said, growing up, like even in certain spaces, I wouldn't wasn't Latin enough because I didn't speak Spanish. But I'm, you know, are uh, people didn't even consider it? I'm like, well, my last name is Maldonado, but okay, all right, all right, all right never, never mind, never mind. Like, I guess, I guess, I lead with that. I lead with that. My hashtag is Maldonados everywhere. Um, but so uh, a lot of t- where I, where I, where I became successful to myself, being my my inner. You know, strength was that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm big. I became bigger than that, being that I am who I am. Nobody can take that away from me. Um, and when I play characters, whether they're written for black, white, Hispanic, anybody, um, you know, it's about a human. It's about a human being. And if I can showcase that, everything else will fall in line. With all the characters that I play, they're, they're human first, and then. You begin to see, because again, when I'm in front of that screen, they can't take away that I'm black and Latin. I don't care what what character they, what it was, who was written for. When people see me, that's what they're going to see. When kids, Afro Latinos, in every community, are looking for someone to see in that position, they're going to see me. You know, so it became bigger than just trying to represent that because I'm. Oh, that's a given. I can already do that. So it became about me being a human and building a brand that established me as that, you know, so. Absolutely. And do you take that mentality into the writer's room? You know, your career has spanned beyond being an actor. You're a writer for many shows. Do you feel a responsibility to portray um, both of your cultures beyond just race? Yeah, no, I I definitely, I definitely do. Um, As a visual, like I'm a visual learner. Um, uh, being that a lot of stuff that I do and, and understand is because of what I've saw. Um, and I always tell a story, you know, he, he probably hates every time I tell it because I've tell it, it a anyway. thousand times, <laughs> but I don't give a damn. Um, but a good friend of mine and like a family, big brother mentor is, uh, Kenya bears. He created blackish and he just got a deal for a hundred million through Netflix. Uh, Holla. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a, he, like I said, he's a really good friend of mine, but, um, literally, uh, I was, I wrote a short and he, he, I, I gave it to him and he was like really on my head. Like, you really need to take your writing serious. I'm like, well, no, I'm an actor. This is what I do. I'm focusing on that. 
Uh, and then during that same time, he had an idea. He was like, I had an idea for him. You know, I'm thinking about doing this show about my family. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool, 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 cool. Later, you know, maybe a couple months later, he was like, yeah, you know, I got we got the script together. We we all running around with it. You know, we got Anthony Anderson, Lawrence Fishburne attached. We pitched, oh, okay, all right, all right. A couple months later, and he was like, yeah, you know, uh, all the networks want it. You know, so you think, who, who, should, who should I go with? Should I go with ABC, FX? I'm like, go with ABC. All right, cool, cool. We're like, what should we talk about? So basically, I saw his life change in eight months. Black is hit, and it was crazy. Now I'm walking through uh, Disney. He's got a big, you know, compound with 50 employees. And we get to his office, and we like two little girls screaming, like, oh, oh, oh. And he's like, yo, I'm stressed out, man. Had to raid it out. Because like, he, was, he just was dealing with the excitement and also the pressure of, like, this is really happening when eight months ago it was just an idea. It was just an idea. And I was taught, my writing mentor is actually Michael Caine. He wrote uh, All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise, uh, Southern Comfort, a bunch of stuff in like the 70s and 80s. He's a, well, he's in his 80s now, but he was a 60-year-old white man at that time. And he taught me how to write. And as crazy as it sounds, I never saw myself in that position. Even when working with him for years and him teaching me how to do something, I never saw myself in, in his position. It wasn't until Kenya came into my life where I was like, wow, he looks like me, sound like he's from Inglewood. And if, you, if people really look <laughs> at Kenya, you guys will notice, if you may or may not notice, he's tatted up from, <laughs> like, like, from knuckle to neck. <laughs> like, 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 you know, so, uh, again, seeing somebody that I could relate to and, and understand is a part of why I do everything that I do. So I inject that definitely in my writing. Um, and even with my businesses and all these different things, I want to be able to showcase that, you know, people, uh, and individuals that, you know, that can relate to me can succeed. I mean, that just segued perfectly into my next question. Okay. Okay. Now okay. we're talking about representation and obviously how it matters. You, yeah. know, you saw Kenya yeah. and he inspired you to get into something you never thought possible. Yeah. Do you remember when you were a young lad? Yeah. The first actor that you ever saw that you identified with, oh, and did it spark? Oh, that's you know, Will Smith. Will Smith. That's Will Smith. Will Smith, hands down. Um, I know this is probably going to sound crazy, uh, but all through high school, I never read an entire book. Wow. <laughs> all through, like I, I was just, I just figured out things. Cliff like notes. I, Cliff notes and all this. I never read any of those books. Like I never read the entire. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was my. I think it was my senior year. Uh, and and I got into acting, and it was the Will Smith biography. I read that thing from front to back. Like I read that thing front back. So um, he was the the, the actor that uh, that inspired me to uh, you know uh, get into this business. Mm -hmm. So um, why do you personally feel like? representation is important, not only just on screen, but in the writer's room, in the director's chair, in the business meetings. Yeah, I, th I just think it's in the, in the community, period. Um, again, like, I, I grew up around some weed dispenser owners, and uh, a lot of times people in these particular areas feel like they have no other option. And that was the conversations I remember very, very, very clearly from a lot of the individuals around that time was that they felt that this was their only option. And it's very difficult for a, a child 
in that neighborhood to listen to your parents when they're struggling and they're going to work nine to five and they say, do it this way. But like, we struggling. <laughs> like, 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 do it like, this way. Really working? Like, this is the right way. <laughs> but the dude up the block is riding around, got money, got to go to the car. It's very, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to understand. And for me, like I have my kids foundation and I'm, I'm very active in being in the community and foster kids and average youth in Watts, California and different things like that is that I, I, I dress the way I dress. I pull up, I got an 86 Camaro. You know what I'm saying? I it's just like the dope boys that I grew up around. Like I'm, and if, but I want to be able to showcase that you can do all these things. You can look this certain type of way and you can have tattoos and all these different things and still be successful in a positive way. Don't take these visual images that the media has painted us and say, oh, that's not the way to look. Like, no, you can look like, let's change the narrative. That's one of the reasons why I do what I do. And I'm talking about changing the narrative of what and how we're seen. Not about following what you say, you tell me to look. You tell me how to dress. You tell me how to speak. No, 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 no. Because a lot of those people in the in community, yes, like I said, I grew around some weed dispenser owners. Fourth time you brought it <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, weed dispenser owner. But they were good people. Like, they were great individuals. They the ones that kept me out of the streets. They the ones that kept me from gangbanging. And, and, and I, I'm always, I always kind of fight for that because that goes all the way into visual representation. You know, we can't forget about these people in these communities, you know, and, and say that's the wrong way. It's just, you can't be, if you don't know, you can't do better if you don't know. So a lot of times it's just lack of opportunity and lack of education and lack of visual representation. Where again, I, Kenya, I relate to Kenya so much because he's from Inglewood. Like his brothers is in the street, like all of this stuff. That was for me. And it was like, oh, I could be a writer and be that way like if you saw like i don't think the, the sub, subliminal stuff that i catch he was on a, the the cover of variety everybody had suits on he was in a hoodie and jeans there you go you know what i'm saying like it was he was in a hoodie and jeans like that was big for me that was big for me because that's how i dress that's who i am that's how i walk around i don't have to put on you know because i i'm scared for people to think that i'm a certain way so with everything that I do, I'm, I'm very conscious of that. What do you say to people who maybe are afraid to be themselves, represent mm -hmm. themselves when they do see the same things being represented in media? Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you give them that sort of nugget of confidence? I, I'll say that, especially in the writer, as a writer, you know, that's, that's your asset. That's your asset, being who you are, your opinion, your POV, your perspective is your asset. And a lot of times, especially now, these these a lot of shows are are searching for that because they need diversity, they need your opinion, they need your way of life. Like, you know, me writing on the last OG, uh, you know, the things that I've been through in the streets, that's an asset. You know, it's people in the room, even that are are black and Latino that aren't from that area that don't have that opinion. It doesn't, you know, it's just your asset. Being yourself, it doesn't matter what your ethnicity is, is your asset. And if you stay true to that, then you you actually put worth on yourself rather than trying to fulfill somebody else's need. That you're guessing, you're guessing at that point, and then you you you're gonna fall short because that's not what you that's not what you know 
thoroughly. You know yourself, and you know the things that you've been through thoroughly. Um, so you have to be fearless. You know, I got my boy Brendan here. He's one of the writer's assistants in the last Hello. OG. Um, he know I, I come in the writer's room with a hoodie. I got I had bandanas on. Like I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a nut. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But that's the that's me. That's me. I don't. I'm not never afraid to showcase that nor express that even in pitching stories. That's again. That's your that's your that's your that's your worth and that's your asset. Absolutely, all words to live by for sure. So um, let's move on to your app. Everybody yeah. Digital. Yeah. Um, it's been a year since you've launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can you round, round of applause? Round of applause? Yeah. Round of applause, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, well, here's a two-part question. What was your initial vision for the app? And then secondly, what have you learned within this year? Okay. Um, uh, the initial vision is, was, is what it is, man. Um, I'm happy to say that. happy that we executed that. Um, it all it all started uh, as many of you guys may be short filmmakers, and you guys know short filmmaker back there, so you know that there's a small window. Your film festival run is from 12 to 15 months, and um, I had a film that did incredibly well, the one I showed Kenya, and I won countless awards, got into several film festivals. It was I was on a, it was on a, it was on a high, like it was it was rocking, it was rolling, and then at that 12 15 month it just kind of fell off a cliff. There wasn't really any further distribution or further exposure. And also just um, expanding over to the uh, the, com the, the, um, the average consumer that goes to movie theaters and also enjoys television on a weekly basis. Um, you know, I wanted to expand. I wanted those eyes to get it. And it wasn't no opportunities uh, for me. And there's other, you know, there's other companies that, that do short films, but it's like at the bottom, the, the last list. Like literally, there's every other category. There's, you know, the dog feature. There's, you know, cooking shows, short film. Like, like, like it's at the bottom. And I wanted to create a platform and an arena that really, um, you know, focuses on, and not just focuses, but elevates the genre uh, to another level. Being that it's the one genre that I feel in entertainment that hasn't evolved over the years. Uh, feature films, um, commercials, um, even social media is a billion-dollar business now. Where in short films, we all know if you make a short film, that's like throwing a stack of money in the fireplace. You ain't getting Bye -bye. that back. <laughs> you ain't getting that back. So I want to create a way to elevate the genre to another level and create a platform similar to Netflix that um, will be you know, licensing all of the short films on there, also creating original short films as well. Uh, and we, we've, we've done that. Uh, and this year we've, um, just like with any business, it's, it's brick by brick. Uh, I don't expect anything to be overnight. My career as an actor wasn't, was, wasn't that. My career as a writer wasn't that. So even in my platform, I can't expect the same thing either. But even though we've had some great success, we have some great films that we are producing on the original side. Um, we have one uh, with Dion Cole, uh, Miles Brown. Well, basically everybody from Blackish, I got them to do, do a short film, Survivor's Remorse. We got one with uh, Jesse T. Usher. Uh, from there, uh, we just did a short with Tracy Morgan. Um, so I'm really trying to bring a lot of the A-listers that I know into this world. Um, and again, just to elevate and put the spotlight on short films, which will uh, 
bring more attention to the incredible short filmmakers that are out there um, that I feel, again, don't be appre- that's not appreciated. Because it takes a special skill to make a great film in f- 10 to 12 minutes. You got it. You got two hours. You can. You can. You could tell any story in two hours. Yeah. And some people can't even. You do can't even do that. They can't even do that. But to do it in ten minutes, like in five, like that's that's talent. That's an incredible, you know, skill that I feel again is overlooked. So with everybody digital, um, we're trying to make. Well, basically, I'm. I, the, the goal is to make stars within our app. To make stars out of the directors, to make stars out of the writers, to make stars out of the actors, to make stars out of this the 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 concepts that we create within the app uh, for the short film genre. That is the goal, and that and I've using my celebrity and all of my celebrity connects to bring a spotlight on short films, and that's pretty much the the heart of what everybody digital is, and um, we're we're in a great position to do that. Uh, Again, we've we're we're year in, which is incredible, and being in the tech space is all new for me. But it's been great. I, yeah, because you didn't have any experience. Before. No, no, no. So, no. what was that like going into a completely new venture? I'm um, insane. What were the biggest challenges? I'm just insane. Like I mean, literally, I'm just I'm just insane. Like again, I've I, when you I don't know I can't explain it other than I almost died twice. <laughs> like uh, being that I'm just totally fearless. I'm totally fearless. Like the idea came. I was walking my friend home, and we were talking, and I don't know what she said in the conversation, and I literally was like, I'm not gonna make a short film streaming app. And she was like, what? She was like, what are you talking about? And I literally forgot that I was walking her home and walked back to, walked back home. was like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I literally, she, like, she called me. She called me later, like, in 10 minutes. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, know, I, I, you know I made it home, right? I said, what are you talking about? She's like, you were walking me. Oh, oh, like, I got, this. I don't know what she said, but I literally was like, I'm going to do this. And didn't know how. I just made some phone calls. Uh, they, you know, research and did some things, got some, took some meetings, took some app developers, and and let's get the ball rolling. And the unique space that I'm in, being that I'm not in the tech space, is that I ask for shit that don't exist. <laughs> that usually, like, no, for real, like the tech, the, the 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 techies are like, well, we can only do this, we can only do this, and I'm like, figure this shit out. <laughs> like what? I'm like, just figure shit out. Let me know. I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> so that's what I mean. I'm insane because I don't know the limitations. I I push them further. Um, so it's it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been expensive, uh, but. <laughs> It's been fun. It's been fun. So you're talking about, you know, you get this like divine idea. And you also sort of mentioned this with Kenya as well. He had this idea that he wanted to write a show. So can you give us like a realistic breakdown of when you get that idea, what is the first thing that you do? Because I feel like usually it's like, I just had this idea and then I just did it. But like we all know it's not that easy. Yeah. So what are some like tangible resources that maybe you can give our audience if they have any ideas to develop their own apps or, you know, within the film space as well? Okay. Um, okay. First thing I got to point out that, what is that? Um, what's the way to phrase it? Obsession? Obsess? What is that? OCD. Not OCD. Oh. Um, when you're just, uh, what is fuck? Uh, you, when you're just, you just dedicate to something ridiculously. Um, pa- not passionate. No, it's further. Step further than passion. Obsessed. Uh, yes, obsessed. yes. 
That's what I thought. Yeah. Obsessive. Well, basically, obsessive. anything that I do, like a lot of stuff. Like obsess over it. Like if, yeah, yeah. If I, if, I, if I like chips, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. Like that's anything that I like with everything. So I, I point that out first. Okay. So when it comes to like, like that's any, a part of your personality. Yeah, it's part of my personality. So whenever I like something, I would do every and every. I'm obsessed with it. Like I'm like I'm thinking about it all day. Like okay, let's figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. Um. So, but the first step is. When I get an idea, I'm literally like, okay, do I love it? Do I love it? Do I love it? Do I, again, am I willing to obsess about it? Am I willing to sacrifice for it? That's usually the questions that come. And then from there, I'm just, you know, I'm a, a, a research guy. I will I will Google. Google. There it is. Plug. Plug. Google. It's your best friend. Google is your best friend, being that you can find anything that you want to want to know. Like, YouTube, you can find everything from painting your car to making a bomb. Like, it's crazy on there. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can that. find anything. It's crazy on there. Like, you can find anything. So, for those that have an idea that don't, you know, know how to execute it, that's, that has a large part in their lack of effort. You know, I talk to my teenagers all the time. Like, yeah, I want to do like, but you can find where the party at on Saturday. They ain't put no that location so up, wow. but you know where it's at. But you can't find out where to get this college application from. Where you just gotta <laughs> go to the damn website and get it down. Okay, all right. So, so a lot of it is a lack of effort. So once you put in that effort to just really do research and then being thorough with the people that you want to hire, people that you want to work with. Um, you know, there was a time when I didn't have no money, so it was, that was that made that your effort has to be more than your art. You got to be more artistic, <laughs> you know, when you have less money, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's usually what I do. I'm just I'm inf- information, 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 and I'm I'm a creature of habit. Like I'm a routine person. Um, I'm always training my mind. Uh, everything around my house is something to spark or ignite a certain emotion or feeling. Everything in my house, like everywhere I turn, there's something that subconsciously ignites something in my main mind to achieve whatever goal that I'm trying to achieve at the moment. Everything in my house, like everything, is on purpose. Like if you don't train your mind, the world will train it for you. Um, so it is, you have the power to choose whatever you want to do. Like you have the, you have the power to choose whatever you want your mind to do. Like my, my, what I, how I like to see things is that you are your most dominant thought. So if you think about playing video games all day, you're a gamer. If you think about cooking all day, you're a chef. You think about dancing all day, you're a dancer. Now, if you're making a living from that, that's another question, but that's who you are. That's who you are. So you have the power to make a decision like, okay, you know what? I am thinking about video games all day, but you know what? I am a chef. Let me, let me make that decision. Now let me start putting different things around my house to continue cons- consistently put those images in my head. Let me put some pots. Let me go buy a new apron or whatever. Let me put all of these different things. Let me put some chefs, the famous chefs around my Like everything, then subconsciously, you will begin to achieve your goals because that's where the level that you want to be at, where you're subconsciously achieving goals. That's where you want. You, you want to be like, oh, oh, I asked, oh, okay, there's a victory. 
<laughs> like, oh, there's a, there's a win. Like, you just stumbled on a win. And that's when when people, when the law of attraction comes into play, uh, when you what's that, when you speak things into existence come into play, all of these, those things that you hear come into play because subconsciously your mind is attracting and going in that direction. How many times have we done, you know, we have this routine where let's just say we wake up every morning, we put the alarm off, and then we go straight to the bathroom. If you do that consistently, next thing you know, even on your day off, you're like going in like, like, because you subconsciously built your body and your mind to do something. And it's the same thing with anything you choose to do. So that'd be my biggest advice. Wow. You just took vision board to like a whole new level. Yeah. It's yeah, like vision yeah. house. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. I'm going to try that. Vision house. It's serious. It's serious. Right, well, I want to save time for uh, any questions that the audience may have. But my last question for you yeah. would be, um, what do you see for the future of the digital space? Uh, I see it's the it's definitely the future. It's, um, wow. I think it's, it, it, it's going to replace a lot of, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's going to be, it's going to be basically the foundation of everything that we do. It's going to be the foundation of everything that we do, which is kind of scary, but, um, I There's think that's opportunity what, in that, right? No, but that's what I'm saying. What, what I'm saying is scary because, uh, we're not as heavily involved as we should be. Like we're, 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 again, as a lot of times the minorities, we're, you know, um, we're in the race late and that's what's scary being that that's going to be the foundation and there's not enough people of color in tech. There's not enough people in just coding period. Like these, these different things that are going to pretty much power the world. We're not involved with, and that's what needs to change epically. Um, just because it's it's going to be the foundation of it. it's it's crazy it's crazy but uh it's going to be it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a whole new world it's going to be a whole new world is the way I see it how would you encourage minorities to feel confident in entering the digital space we're already doing it in a sense of we don't not in the technical way of doing it but we impact the world so much we we influence the world so much that we, other than the technical side of learning how to create an app or learning how to do something, our culture is injected in everything. So we're already a part of it. We're just not in a position of power to control it. You know, so it's, it's, it's the fear of that we have to erase. The fear of saying that, oh, we're not involved. No, we are involved. We are involved. Now we need to be involved more in detail. Now we got to be more in depth with, with our involvement because we're already involved. We're already a part of the game. We're already a part of the tech space because, as as he mentioned earlier, Latinos consume the most mobile. So we are involved. We're powering this thing. So it's not about being being doing it. It's about doing more for it. Everybody get your vision houses ready. <laughs> I expect to see all of us involved. All right. So we'll leave a few minutes for any questions that the audience may have. Yes. Oh, hi. Oh, there's a mic oh, back my, there. They got a spotlight on it and everything. But I, I mean, guess you got to. But. Uh, I'll, that's a little walk, yeah. ain't it? Like, you or can, I can walk can around. I don't it, right? care. I'll walk 
around. I can show off this jumpsuit. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Show that jumper. That's right. Hi. Hi. Uh, I just want to start say, by saying you're super inspirational. Oh, thank and, you. Thank you. Um, congrats on a year and an, having an app, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So uh, my name's Crystal. I do. I have made a digital series Okay. going to be featured. And my question is, are you going to maybe evolve from shorts to web series? Oh, we already have. Okay. Yeah, so, we already have. We have a we have a couple of original series on there. We so definitely it's, So it's both. So yeah, that was just friend. my question. Yes, yes, yes. We definitely I'm trying have. to get more people to that are Latinas to start doing <laughs> series. Yes, but. yes, yes. We love like we we've we got about I think maybe like ten or twelve. Okay. Or uh, ten or twelve now that we're you know we're pumping out. We're we're actually producing an original uh, web series as well. We call them Digi Series. Digi. Um, I've trademarked the name. <laughs> uh, um, we call them Digi Series. Um, um, that's how we like to refer to them as well. But we have them. We have them. We have definitely. Okay. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have an extra mic now, so okay, that'll be going around. Oh. Um, can- Give it up for the jumper. Give it up yeah. for the jumper. Everybody. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is on. Is it? Good afternoon. Um, Wow. All I can say is, wow, I didn't know what to expect. Um, And you're amazing, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Every right, as a man, I could say that, wow, you're an inspiration to a lot of us here, people of color. Thank you. Actors, performers. um, My name's Kareem Savignon. Um, I'm an actor as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been doing this since I was fairly young, 12 Mm -hmm. to be exact. And then, uh, you know, it's a constant challenge. Um, And I've always saw myself doing more than just acting. And to this day, you know, I'm, I'm trying to dwell into it little by little. And hearing you speak about writing, which yeah. is something that I want to pursue, or which I'm trying to pursue and, and do, taking the steps for it, of course, it's, it's a little harder when you don't really have those sort of connections. But you do with the acting. So then when you try to convey that, you know, message, like, I'm not only an actor, I'm also a writer, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that have these notions like, yeah, sure, kid. So now my question to you is like trying to juggle both and, and, and being great at both. How, how do you consistently do that? And when you first got started, like I know you have people like Kenya and, and the gentleman that you mm-hmm. mentioned before, but like for someone like me, like who doesn't have a Kenya or the, men, the, the gentleman mm-hmm. that you mentioned, how would I go about creating something? And then if I don't have representation to pitch it, how, how would you recommend for me to try to get that? Up off off the ground. Should okay. I do it myself or should I seek? Okay. Um, all right. There's, there's several questions in there. I guess first, as far as uh, being able to juggle everything, um, I always hated hearing that um, you can only be you only could do one thing and all you could do that. Like uh, la, 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 la. I got 80, I got I got I got ADHD. Like I don't. Like, I work better when I have 80 things cooking at the same time. Like, it's just a certain level of focus that that brings. Um, and what most people say that is usually because that's how they believe in themselves. That's what they, the way they believe themselves. So um, that's first part. I wouldn't listen to that. Um, being able to juggle everything um, is uh, just like just like with anything. Uh, we're a very diverse 
indiv- multifaceted individuals being that some days we like pizza, some days we like hamburger, some days we like, you know, that don't mean I love them any less. <laughs> this, that, this is what I feel like doing today. This is what I'm doing today. So um, same thing like acting. Today is, I feel like acting is great today. I feel like writing today. I feel like doing music today. Like, you could do all these things, um, but it takes a certain level of dedication. And sacrifice to be great at a lot of things. Like, you know, with all that being said, you know, my personal life takes a hit. <laughs> you know, because right? I'm doing all of these other things. So, a sacrifice. If you want to be great and being able to juggle these things, um, there's sacrifice in other areas. Uh, that'd be the the first thing. Um, as far as being being connected and being around these individuals. Uh, one, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. When you start training your mind subconsciously to achieve a certain type of goal, you will run into these people. Like, I was a kid from the projects. I was 17 years old. I When when, when Michael Caine came up to me talking about I could be a writer, I, I said, get the fuck out of here. I was like, yo, I don't even like English. <laughs> like, like, that's really, that's really what I told him. Like, he was like... He was like, what are you talking about? I don't even like English, man. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, nah, that's something. He's like, no, no, no. That's different, Alan. That's different. You know, uh, I wasn't as polished then. I wasn't as polished then. I forgot the, the exact way I said it, but it wasn't, it wasn't gentle. Um, but it was a thing of, he's like, that's what I'm talking about is, what you're talking about is structure. What I'm talking about is creativity. And you have that. And, you know, it was a good decision to, to make that decision. So uh, if you begin to learn and do your research and you'll find yourself when you're being around these people that are going to be able to help you. You know, it's one of those things that birds of a feather flock together. Uh, you're around nine millionaires. You're bound to be the 10th. Um, you begin, you know, again, going towards a blessing, you'll meet up with it. Um, I guess the... Uh, What's a, another 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 tidbit that I always like to say is that, you know, as artists we tend to think as artists, which is a very heartbreaking perspective. Being that we would we will jump on our artistic sword, we will jump on our artistic grenade, even though we don't need to. Um, you have to, as an artist, you have to be business minded like i always say with anything with acting writing or anything you do you have to treat it's not a career it's it's crazy to say it's more of a small business it's more you start in small when you have a career usually you get a check week two 30 after your 30 days or whatever when you start a small business you're putting in money for three five years you have to you know when you work for somebody you go from work from nine to five and you go home you can leave it Small business, you're working Monday through Friday, the weekends, to 20, 20, 24 hours out of the day, you're working. And that's what it is to be an artist and as an actor. And also, you have to build your brand. Like, I know a lot of artists, like, I want to do everything. Like, that's that's fine. But as if you're trying to sell something, if you're trying to make a money, if you're trying to make a living, it has to fit in a certain certain area. Being that I was sponsored by Coca-Cola for a while, and they taught me a lot, being that... Soft drinks, I, I consider soft drinks like actors. You know, there's a thousand soft drinks, right? And everybody enjoys different flavors. Same thing with a thousand actors. Everybody enjoys different flavors. Coca-Cola, you think Coca-Cola, red, white, uh, American Pie, white polar bears, all of that. You think of Pepsi, new generation, it's blue. You know, Mountain Dew, bright green, yellow, extreme fucking sports. They jumping off of shit. You know what I'm saying? So... They're all, they're all actors. They're all actors. But they cater to different demographics. 
And inside of that, Mountain Dew has 70 fucking flavors. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Coca-Cola has that different flavor. Pepsi has it. So as an actor, as a writer, you have to pick the the brand that you want, the audience that you want to reach. Because a lot of times where artists get frustrated because they throwing shit against the wall and hoping to stick. When it's like they spend all their efforts over here and like your target is over there because you haven't decided what your target was. You know, because you're like, I could do it all. Well, Mountain Dew could do it all too. They could do purple, red, green, green, but they still have an audience that they're trying to attract. So when you approach things like that, I, it, it makes things a little less frustrating because you like, I know I'm supposed to be hitting that. I may not have hit it yet, but I know I'm going for the right target. And I know if I keep practicing, I'll finally hit it. So, um, and all those things will fall into place. Like, again, I came from the projects. I didn't know nothing about, no entertainer, no nothing. And it wasn't because I knew these people. It was because I wanted something. I was obsessed about it. And they came to me. You know? So, that best of luck with everything, brother. Best of luck. Any other questions? Any other questions? Anybody else? Don't be shy. There, there you go. go. Trendsetter. Oh. There, Thanks. there it is. Just, you know, it's Latin brand. You know. <laughs> I love it. Support and support. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much again. That's great. Uh, I'm Wes, by the way. How you doing? I have a short film here. And, dope, dope, know, so dope. happy to be here from LA as well. Hey, 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 hey. Originally from Miami, though, so any Cuban, oh, okay. Cubans uh, out there. Okay. Wow. Cubanos. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be successful if I lived in Miami. I wouldn't get shit done. Wouldn't get so, shit done. I wouldn't be up here if I lived in Miami. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't live there anymore. Uh, so I have two questions. One, do you have like a creative like morning routine? And then two, yeah. how do you fight that creative voice that sometimes tells you, hell yeah, you can do it? And then other days it's like, no, you're... Your shit sucks. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. We all we all get like that. Um, I guess what's my routine? Hey, I mean, I'm always challenging myself. Like right now, I'm training for the New York Marathon. Um, so don't know why I did that. Don't know why I, I don't chose know why to do that shit. Uh, but it's been crazy getting up and having to run my mouths and all these different things. Um, it's nothing really specific, but it's more about what I do before I go to bed than when I wake up. Um. I remember as a kid, I ran into my first millionaire, and I was in a conference, something like this. It was a group of people, and uh, I don't know how he fell into the conversation, but he was. I was like, so I asked him questions like, "What's you know, what's the difference between you and them?" He was like, "Oh, that's a good, real good question." It was, I think I was sixteen or so. He's like, "Look around the room." And I said, "Oh, okay." I don't, I don't. He was in like some Dockers, some, some he's thirty-eight dollar outfit. He was in a $38 outfit, you know, including shoes. Like, it was, it like, 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 it was, it, it couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't think he had money at all. Um, and I didn't notice anything. He was like, he was like, look again. I was like, I didn't notice anything again. He would, and he said, look, I, he, what, this was in the 90s. This was in the 90s. I remember, he had a, um, he had a weekly planner in his hand. He said, he was the only one in the room that had a weekly planner in his hand. He said, the difference between me is that I have a plan and they don't. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I know what I'm doing the day after tomorrow. I know what I'm doing after that. So for me, before I go to bed, I, I, I try my best to get a plan of what I'm going to do the next day. Like, how am I going to plan, plan it out? So I'm not waking up at 9 o'clock already in battle and not having a game plan, and then being able to be being able to be distracted by whatever happens during that day, because that happens. You get a phone call, something happens, and all of a sudden, you what you planned on doing 
happens next week because you didn't have a plan to do it. So, uh, what was the other question? What was the other one? Uh, it was just like how to. Uh, oh, like when yeah, it, how to battle juices. your like you know what down. that's the that's the good thing about being able to like I'm, yeah some days I'm like y'all I don't feel like acting I feel like writing some days I'm able to get out that creative juice in a certain way um, in a certain capacity but for me everything you know revolves around acting that's the sun so ultimately whatever I do is in you know in growth of that. But I have different, like, you know, it's just like eating the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You're like, I mean, put put some new spice on this. Let me try something extra with it. Like, it happens. That's just our, it's just in our, you know, it's just a natural thing that we go through. So try to find other ways or other things outside of what you do that are still connected. And then you'll find yourself back in that place inspired. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. All right. Any other questions? Any other questions? Any other questions? Uh, oh, All right, okay. there we go. There we go. Keep right here. Hi, my name is Ingrid. Um, I'm an aspiring filmmaker slash dabbling into the social media realm. Yeah, go ahead. And um, my question really was, um, have you ever throughout your career experienced um, times where you know what you want to do and because I'm a lot like you. I have my planner. I like mm-hmm. planning out. I see it. I see it right there. there. <laughs> uh huh. Go ahead. You're a very note taker. Yeah. But um, what do you do when you've kind of hit that rut where you're like, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I know the steps I'm going to take for the next few weeks. But in the far future, like maybe a year, two, three years from now, I don't know really where I'm going. Okay. Uh, I, I, this is another. I guess another thing that I, the way I the way I see things, perspective is everything for me to kind of answer your question. And and overall, like uh, time doesn't exist to me. As much as that sounds crazy, I know I just jumped off the ledge real quick. Uh, but time doesn't exist to me, meaning that time is to be um, identified, not measured. Like two o'clock. What the fuck is two o'clock? <laughs> doesn't like what the fuck is two years? Like, if you didn't know how old you were, how old would you be? You know, you know. So it's, you know, it's to be identified, not measured. But a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of times we we use society puts pressures on you. Like, are you supposed to do this in this amount of time? Supposed to do this in this at that time? And like the marathon is part of that too. Like, like is, is, is it a race? No. For me, it's a goal. It's a goal. It's not, I don't care why, why, what time I get it done as long as I get it done. You know, that the time doesn't really matter, you know. And I found myself like, I want to get faster at it. I'm like, what? I just want to get it done. <laughs> I just want to get it done. And a lot of times we we put we put um, pressure on ourselves that doesn't even exist. Um, so as far as being able to accomplish goals in a certain period of time, um, now there's deadlines. There's deadlines. Your light bill is due on the third. You better pay that shit. Uh, like, 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 I'm not. I'm not. You can't go to them. Like, well, you know what? Time don't exist. I pay that motherfucker when I pay it. Like, no, no, no. That that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. But but just in life. Just in life. Like that's how I I tend to, you know, achieve goals. Some goals take longer than others. You know, some things take they take longer to cook. You know, don't never put your pressure on yourself. As long as you're doing, you're walking towards your goal, you're walking towards your blessing, that's all that matters. The day that you stop is the problem. You know, as far as getting something in the the time that you would like it, 
is just, you know, you can't control that. Can't control that. As long as you're working hard for it, you keep working hard for it and keep focusing on your direction, you achieve it. You achieve your goal. If I take two days to get through this damn marathon, I'm going <laughs> to get through it, you know. So, so yeah. Uh, any other questions? All right. Doesn't look like it. I know you have to get to set. What the time? Last yeah. OG. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to get to So that. we won't keep you for long, but no thank problem. you so much for speaking to all of us. I feel like I just went to church. Oh, I have man, so much man. knowledge. So thank you, thank Alan you. Maldonado. Thank Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the festival. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. So we, we just, we I just, guess walk, we just off walk off awkwardly. Now. We just walk off the stage awkwardly. All right. All right. All right. All right.